Kevin, hi! Hello everybody, welcome to Rum Doings episode 157. Why not email us on this auspicious occasion, podcast at rumdoings.com, or send us a tweet at rumdoings, or why not leave up a post on John's blog? You rather underpronounced blog there. I know. It's my New Year's resolution. I'm accepting blog as a word. And do you know why? Because it's been 15 years? No, because uh, blogs are going out of fashion now. They are very, very out of fashion. It's very sad because they were actually good places where one would get interesting essays and analyses. And now all you get is the occasional tweet and hashtag. And even that seems a bit much for people these days. Nowadays, nowadays, these days, in this day and age... We had suddenly a sudden flurry of questions to the Rum Doings uh, Twitter account. Did you ask for them or something? It was asked for on the Rum Doings. It said the next episode is going to be questions and answers. But I think it'll be the episode after because we might get a guest who can help us answer. We don't know. We've, we have so few questions. It's not really worth saving them up. No, because what you will also do is you will say it on your own Twitter account and then you'll get some. The oh, topic yeah, we, can do, we can do that. We said we can do that for the future. Yeah. The topic just... today... Yeah. Is anyone yeah. going to be brave enough finally yeah. to confront the menace of rollerblades? <laughs> I broke my arm on roller skates, so we can talk about those. You can talk about roller skates. Roller skates seem to me to have to have completely have vanished. Well, they're not nearly as cool. You've got four, eight wheels in total. That's too many wheels for one human. Too many wheels. It's true, actually. The average human needs possibly 1.7 wheels. Nick, Roy Jones wants to know uh, what supplements are worth taking nowadays. I'd say Uh, none because we evolved not to need them. um, Almost, but not quite. We evolved in a circumstance which provided us with certain minerals uh, in abundance to what we have available to us in our foods today. And also we we spent a lot more time naked. Uh, Speak for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> the re- yes, but uh, are you are you naked outside running around in the sun? I, bet you I, I have to be running around or the horrible men would make me go back indoors again. That's true. So I would recommend vitamin D3 supplement um, or get a job working outside in a place that has sun. Uh, vitamin K2 and magnesium. Why those three? Because between, those, because between those three of them, they ensure that the calcium goes in your bones and doesn't go in your arteries. That's why those are the, the those are the trifecta. Magnesium is also very good for relax for relaxation and for generally putting down your blood pressure. And the good news is it's a very cheap supplement. One thing I would suggest though is don't get magnesium oxide. Get magnesium citrate or equivalent, um, and about between four and six hundred milligrams a day is more than sufficient. And it has myriad benefits. It's not patented and it's not uh, expensive at all. You probably get a year's worth for about a tenner. Same for vitamin B3. It should be said that you only recommend vitamins that can't just be bought in shops. You have to order them from a, a wise old man. No, the top man, of a temple you, on the top of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's the case only for one of these things. Magnesium, uh, you can actually just get at Holland and Barrett as long as it's check on the label if it's the magnesium citrate one. If it's magnesium oxide, you'll probably just poo it out. So don't bother getting those. Magnesium citrate uh, again, literally a tenner will probably pay you for six months worth or if not a year's. If you get one of those, buy one bottle, get the other bottle for a penny option. That 
Battle and Barrett always seems to do. Vitamin D3, you can definitely get a year's worth of those for about a tenner. Uh, about 2,000 IU per day is perfectly safe. Uh, I would suggest vitamin K2 as well, but the problem with vitamin K2 is... It's a very that... big mountain to put in your tummy. Yeah, <laughs> <Is laughs> you lost quite... at my stupid pun. Yes, I ignored it. Is you that it, it, it is quite expensive, um, uh, but there is an alternative way to get it. There is a Japanese food called natto, N-A-T-T-O, which is rotten and fermented soybeans. <laughs> and I, I, I go to YouTube, everybody, and type uh, natto taste test or something like that, and you'll see dozens of examples of poor Westerners trying natto for the first time. And the reaction that they have to eating it is interesting. Usually it involves throwing up, um, screaming, or... <laughs> Apparently it tastes like a mixture between old socks and ammonia. Haven't you uh, tried it? It, it looks like... A, I, I've, I've got some... In, my mother got some in her deep freeze, which she got from an oriental supermarket. Uh, <laughs> And apparently, and when you um, lift it up with chopsticks, it produces these tendrils, these strings, which go from the bowl onto the chopstick of the bacterial culture. <laughs> so, um, but it's a very, very good source of vitamin K2, which is an essential nutrient. Vitamin K1, you can get in kale and all those things. K2, you can only get in natto. Uh, other sources of K2 include um, gouda cheese. So maybe that'll be a nicer place to get it from, but you get less of it or a tablet. So K2, magnesium, D3, and you can never hurt taking a bit of extra B12. Otherwise, anything else get from your food. And that's all we have time for for listener questions this week. It is. Great. I've got, Nick, I, I've got a booklet in my hand that I think we could film in before or five I'm doings with. Okay. This is the uh, pregnancy guide for big fatty fat fats. Oh, really? Okay. That's what it's called. Everything you need to know about how your weight affects your pregnancy, eating for a healthy pregnancy, getting mm-hmm. started and keeping motivated and keeping active. Those are the things. Okay. Before you read it out, uh, let me just say that we are going through a fundamental adjustment at the moment about how we see proper nutrition. And you are about to be privileged to hear the real burnt fag end <laughs> of the last gasp of the tiny vestige of the tail of outdated and anti-scientific advice. So enjoy it. I think because 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 future generations will gasp at it in the same way that we gasp at notions of cupping and bloodletting today. It'll be one of those <laughs> things that you'll hear about in um, museums of uh, medical curiosities. Nick, I don't. What you're not paying attention to is that Lucy went outside and now she's come back in again. Glory be! This is the most important news. What did you expect would happen? She would ascend unto heaven. She's shrieking. No, she's shrieking this information from... No, now right behind me. Yes, Lucy, you went outside and then you came back in again for the 14th time today. Well, she says that you're privileged to know that. Oh, there my you go. goodness. Is that real? Yes, it's real. Why is she doing that? Because she's come back in again. How are you not thrilled? <laughs> I am. I tell her that I've become very excited as if I've been rolling about in catnip. I think you're a little optimistic on your tail end there. I was just listening to a lady on the world at one informing about how many it's important to know how many kilojoules you're eating. I'm I'm not I'm not opt, uh, I'm not overly optimistic because they are going through their um 
they're going through their supernova at the moment. But if you actually <laughs> if you actually look at what genuine science is finding out, rather than this sort of um, cargo cult nonsense, it's becoming untenable to follow these ridiculous uh, greetings card signs. So let's hear let let's hear about bloodletting and using okay. leeches and well, cupping. You take you have your science. But this yeah. says, to help us write this guide, we asked women who were overweight at the start of their pregnancies to share their thoughts and feelings about managing their weight during pregnancy. Right. With their help and the help of experts in nutrition and exercise, we have put mm-hmm. together this guide for managing your weight in pregnancy. Not the help of medical experts, but experts in nutrition. You know, those ones. Well, the problem with experts in nutrition is... Gillian. Uh, no, but no, but also even proper ones. Um, if you look at who provides the sponsorship, and it's unbelievable. It is almost like a bloody Michael Moore conspiracy program. Go and look in, in the America, the AND as it's called now, which is the American National Dietary Association, which all registered dietitians have to go to. And the syllabus is basically written by Cargill and McDonald's and Kellogg's. And you think, no, it can't be as blatant as that. No, it is. And, of course, Coca-Cola liked nothing more than the phrase, a calorie is just a calorie, because then you can drink 100 calories of Coke and you can run 100 calories worth of miles. And that's fine. It's just very simple maths rather than saying 100 calories of kale with uh, yogurt is going to treat your body slightly differently (laughs) to 100 calories of Coca-Cola and marshmallows. Can I recommend against kale and yoghurt? <laughs> that does not sound like a good meal. It sounds like a wonderful meal. I made myself some kale chips today. I would have dipped them in any yogurty concoction. I tell you, if you if you mix that yoghurt, if it was a nice fresh yoghurt and you mixed it with some herbs and stuff, maybe. If it were. Yes, you made a kale. Did I say was? Yes, you did. Well, then I must kill myself. Oh, well, you can do that after the podcast. Oh, OK. Now, Nick, first of yes. all, what, as, as a fat person who is pregnant, I want you to yep. pay attention. Which I am. Yeah, I know. Eating a balanced diet in pregnancy. Getting the right balance of different food types is important to help your baby's growth and development. Foods are divided into five groups. Can I just stop you there? You may. The word balance is a very interesting one because it sounds so lovely, but it actually, and I'm sorry to have to say this, begs the question. Because, of course, one person's balance is another person's ludicrous imbalance. Uh, Ask an Inuit what a balanced diet is, and you'll get a very different answer from, say, a vegan. So it's interesting they use the word balance there as if it already is predefined. They will then, I bet you, their notion of balance will be massively to prioritise one food group over all the others. Can you guess which food group it is? I think I can. But cool. Why don't cool. I keep my? Why don't I keep? Let me just put it this way: It'll be the food group that a large number of multinationals find easiest to put in boxes and grind. <laughs> it's right. Coincidentally, anyway, carry on. It is. You should. The majority of every meal should be bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, and other starchy foods. Now, of course, if you're very fat and or you're a a pregnant woman who is in risk of getting gestational diabetes, the one thing you really want to do is to have foods that will convert very quickly into glucose, which which lots of insulin needs to deal with. I always find that's a clever thing to do. That's true. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I think your train's arrived. (laughs) It has. Let me just... I'm just... uh, To get on board. It's the soul train, actually. Oh, excellent. Yes. Are you going to get funky? Um, I will be funky at exactly yes. 14 minutes into this recording. 
Oh, how, that's that's only two minutes away. This is very exciting. Anyway, it is. they do actually say not all calories are equal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which isn't true. All calories are equal. It's a measure. Yes. <laughs> it's like not all centimeters are equal. Yes, uh, the effects. Some of them are uphill centimeters. I suppose is as close as they're getting to no, the truth. No, but what was weird is that they're almost acknowledging a truth there, and that the body isn't a bomb calorimeter. But, well, they, they, but, but then their message will be completely obliterated when I bet you they say, but fat contains nine calories per Choosing, choosing yeah. 200 calories of a healthy food, such as low-fat yoghurt with banana, will provide you with essential nutrients. Mm. Yes. However, 200 extra calories from crisps will provide you with very few essential nutrients. What about crisp nutrients? Yes, and it's very interesting that they use the example of crisps uh, uh, because they consider the problem with crisps is the fat in it. Yes, indeed. Um, well, I also consider that a problem because it's, it's, it's a very crappy sort of uh, fat that's very delicate, over too many omega-6s and uh, gets damaged by the, the cooking. However, I wouldn't say that's the only problem. I would say that the combination of a very cheap, easily digested starch and a very bad fat is bad. That said... Why, why would a pregnant woman eat low-fat yogurt? Because a, a pregnant woman is going to be developing a, a fetus inside of her whose brain is primarily constructed out of fat, and she is also going to be feeding that child primarily fat out of her own body, hopefully, for six months or more. Um, so why are they suggesting she avoid eating the thing that she's going to need and provide the most of. It's That's really Also, in this little food wheel of theirs, bread, rice, as it says, they should bread and rice and so forth, starchy carbohydrates should make up the main part of every meal, they say. And then in a tiny little wedge, the thinnest wedge on the wheel, is food and drink high in fat and or sugar. How can... I mean, I understand that, that people aren't catching up to the whole carbs thing, but yeah. how can they not understand that bread, rice, pasta, potatoes and other starchy do- foods are high in sugar? They are made of sugars. Well, again, that's why it's pseudoscientific. You take yes. you take a slice of bread, it hits your stomach, it gets digested and cleaved into glucose within a minute or two. Uh, and if uh, and you don't need to believe me, go and eat a Mars bar. Go 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 and do that now. Mm-mm. Okay, go and eat a Mars bar, and and you've been take you've been pricking your finger and taking blood glucose tests every uh, ten minutes or so, haven't you? Of course. Okay, go and do the same with a slice of brown bread and you'll find that the blood glucose spike is bigger with a slice of brown bread. So, well, nothing more needs to be said than that. (laughs) That's it. It's all over. Well, that is it, because, you see, I'm I'm talking about numbers and science, and they're talking about a lovely little picture, because it sounds good, you know, healthy whole grains. <laughs> the obsession with healthy whole grains in this booklet is my favourite thing about it. Yes. Uh, uh, do you know what? Uh, and that's another good thing about science, in that when whenever whole grains have ever shown themselves to be healthful, do you know what sort of study they've used? God they, have, they have compared them to eating refined grains so they said whole healthy whole grains will help you lose weight and will help you uh, from not getting as much cancer and so on what they're doing is they compare it with people who eat refined grains what they don't compare it with is people who avoid them completely so that's a bit yes. like saying smoking cigarettes with filters on will help you have less cancer <laughs> it's therefore true. therefore cigarettes with filters should be part of your daily diet 
healthy cup of bleach rather than <laughs> anthrax. Yes. Well, I'm, in, I'm being informed I need to swap out butter, lard or ghee in cooking. I need to switch for vegetable, olive or rapeseed oil. I love the way that also vegetable, olive and rapeseed oil are treated as the same thing, even though they are fundamentally different compounds which have very different effects on the body. I also like the fact that the, those, those fats that you just described, ghee uh, and so forth, are saturated fats which we just learned uh, two weeks ago don't cause heart disease. But we did learn uh, a month or two ago that some data that came out from a 1960s study in Sydney proved that uh, vegetable fats overconsumption thereof can cause heart disease and cancer because they're unstable. Again, this is what I mean about the, the paradigm is just ludicrous. We're, we're not even talking about subtle mistakes here. We're talking about the level of you need to, you need to bloodlet yourself every day to, to make the humours balance. That's the level of pseudoscience we're talking about here. Remember my saying this here, because a lot of people who listen to this will think I'm ranting and I'm part of some cult. Okay, fine. But remember my saying this in five years' time when everybody believed this. You know, because in five years, it's not like everybody will admit that they made a mistake. It'll just the the mainstream advice will subtly morph and it'll never have been otherwise. That's how it'll be. So remember this. What's five years time, John? Uh, 2012. Yes, exactly. Remember this in 2012. OK, I, I'm going to move us on from food because I want to get on to my favourite bit, which is the 515 section. Five fifteen. Good. Five for fifteen. Are five. Hope you've had your seven a day, John. Hope you've had your seven a day. <laughs> I've eaten all seven fruits. Excellent. I hope you had seven plums. I had seven plums. Seven. Uh, well, I had and three mangoes. Five, I had. Five, I had five bananas, one pineapple, and then a big bag of dried apricots. Excellent. Hooray. I feel I've got less cancer now. So much less cancer. So five for 15 are five activities you can fit into 15 minutes of your daily life. These are five exercises that you can fit into your everyday life. Oh, I'm going to start a Tumblr for every time I see the word everyday because I love that word as opposed to two uh, words. To, to basically be fair, saying five to, to exercises be... you can fit into your humdrum life. But to be fair, um, you can get good exercise done in 15 minutes. High, no, 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 high, that's not what I'm talking about every day right now. Focus. Yes, even every day. Five, <laughs> 15 minutes of high-intensity um, intervals. So, for example, if you were to do 15 minutes worth of chin-ups followed by sprints, followed by chin-ups, followed by sprints, very good. No, I think, I think you're mistaken. Oh. First of all, Nick, you very irresponsibly have not informed our listener to zip up before they start. What does that mean? <laughs> it's perfectly obvious. It's very important to, air quotes, zip up before any exercise or movement that exerts you. Examples of, ex- of exercise or movements that exert you are sitting, standing, <laughs> lifting, carrying, walking. Sitting. Sitting being. is an exercise that exerts you, according to this brochure. Or being. Now, what does zip up mean? What, it, I'm, it means, I'm, I'm, I'm it means this is easy to do. Just imagine a thread. This is very complicated. Just imagine a thread is attached to your belly button from okay. the inside, pulling your belly button toward your spine. So you're basically holding in your stomach as if posing for a photo. If you put your finger on your belly button and tighten your muscles up and inward, you will feel your belly button move upwards slightly and the muscles around it will tighten. If you will still... If you, but you will still be able to breathe normally. Now you are zipped up and protected. From what? <laughs> From danger. From the baby bursting out like an alien. From baddies. <laughs> My sister-in-law did uh, 
full gym chin-ups and weightlifting right up till about a week before she had the baby. I imagine this book won't be very happy with her for doing that. TV toners, Nick. These are great for TV advert breaks. I love the sheer contempt this brochure has for women. <laughs> TV toners. <laughs> well, you're, you're a fat woman and therefore all you must do is sit around watching TV. <laughs> so while you're slobbered over your well-indented sofa... Why not try lifting a finger and pressing the remote control three times? You're barely exaggerating. And I think it's important to stress at this point that, yes, Laura's um, BMI uh, puts her overweight. She's, she's got some tummy, for sure. Yes. Um, we're both doing very well in losing weight. But um, Laura, is, Laura, Laura is overweight not because she's uh, lazy and slothful. No. She's overweight because she has a hormonal milieu. Yes. It's as unfair yes. uh, as being judgmental about that sort of thing as, as being judgmental about somebody who happens to be a, a dwarf or happens to be a giant because of the hormones that cause through mm-hmm. them. It's, it's ridiculous. Yes. Just, because the, uh, just because the additional mass is in the x-axis rather than the y-axis, we think we can be all judgmental. It's ludicrous. Indeed. Laura, Laura, Laura is very active. She she walks at least a couple of miles every day. She does exercise twice a week. She's uh, she's not a slob by any stretch of the imagination. No. But she's very much. I am. I'm fat because I'm lazy and greedy. No, um, I think you're. I think you're lazy and greedy because you you're can, fat. You can be. Oh, that's it. and I think there's an interesting argument. I, I've been thinking. You know, I've lost twenty one pounds now. Um, for example, for example, I would suggest that the reason. It, it, it often happens with people, uh, and Dr. Robert Lustig, who's an endocrinologist in America who first started noticing the problem with uh, sugar and fructose in particular amongst the kids that he was um, treating for brain tumors. And you think, what's that got to do with anything? Well, there were children who had uh, brain tumors which affected a part of the brain to do with society, satiety and in giving them the notion that they were full and so on. Uh, right. uh, uh, and, the, and it was overproducing insulin and all those sort of things. So they gave them a special, uh, and it was part of the pituitary gland, which was because, and that's what the tumor had affected. So he gave them the special drug which regulated these. These, these were fat, lazy children, mm-hmm. that, you know, as you would say. And as soon as the hormone was regulated, without telling them to do anything, suddenly the children wanted to go outside and start running around. Wow. They suddenly wanted to start playing again and they suddenly wanted to start exercising. Um, so that's why it's very dangerous to look at it. And it's similarly with people who are depressed. You know, they say, if you're depressed, go and do exercise. Well, mm-hmm. no, but because if you're depressed, your whole body is telling you not to do that. Your whole hormonal milieu is not doing that. In, in other words, you have to be in a position where your body says, hmm, got a bit of extra energy to burn now and I feel safe about burning it. You see, most fat people, uh, their body is in this manic storage mode and in a weird way, most fat people who are constantly eating are suffering from a kind of metabolic starvation and that all that fuel that they've got on their board, they just can't burn. So their body is, 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 is like this paranoid long-term accountant who thinks that they're about to go bankrupt every second. So they say, what, you think I'm going to allow you to exercise? Are you mad? You're going to burn this precious fuel that you're eating, yeah, which yeah. I, I never seem to have any access of. So, so I'm saying that you're not lazy and you're not a slob, uh, and that's the only time you'll ever hear <laughs> this me is true. say that. And I, anyway. think I, will, I think, to be fair, I am lazy. and that I'm, not, I'm not monstrously lazy, but I am. I, you know, I'm not inclined to exercise or anything like that. Um, and, I genuinely yeah. don't know. You you may change. I may change. What I'm one thing I'm conscious of is now I'm nearly two stone lighter than I was three months ago. I'm very aware that asking someone who is very heavy to go for a run 
is a much bigger ask than than people seem to realise. Because it's actually, t- I imagine saying to someone, say, like, what you weigh like about tw- eleven stone. Yes. Uh, imagine that. if I asked you to put on a backpack with uh, with uh, eight yeah. stone in it and go for a run. That would no, be the equivalent g- of me three months ago. As Gary Taub said, who's another writer, he says, you know, telling children to go and exercise, telling fat children to go exercise is in fact cruel. It's torture, basically. Especially the sorts of exercise that you would be thinking about. Their body doesn't want them to. Their body, they're carrying around a huge mass and their hormonal milieu is screaming against doing it. Add that all together and you're basically torturing people. And I agree with that. Are you take? Am I? I'm, I'm going to take this as a full and unhindered apology from you for all the times you've told me just to go for a run. Um, I'll, I will take it as half an apology <laughs> because because part of my saying that could be well, is it just that nobody's giving you a slight kick up the backside, or is it that you genuinely have a problem? I think you genuinely did have a problem. Well, the I've... fact that the fact that you've lost two stone without massively starving yourself shows that you had a hormonal problem that was dealt with. I think so. Well, it's being dealt with. I, certainly, I've yes, I've lost a significant amount of weight, and I've been eating to to fullness. I've not been going hungry. Yeah, anything like that. So, which is good. I'm actually quite enjoying discovering loads of different foods. I yeah. thought I didn't like that. I do anyway. Let's uh, get. We and must we shouldn't. Get... But one thing, one last thing. You yeah. said it's interesting. The notion that um, to lose weight and to be healthy, you need to die to the degree where you always feel hungry or count mm-hmm. calories is ridiculous. That would be a bit like saying that. Um, the a solution to hyperventilation is to count your breaths to make sure right. you don't make sure you don't take too many breaths you know you if, if somebody said that you said no that's ridiculous you've got to find out why they're hyperventilating what the issue is and then deal with that you're not going to spend the rest of your life count count your breaths in and your breaths out which i imagine is what this pamphlet's about to basically tell us to do well anyway, this 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 is the exercises these are great for TV advert breaks, which also mm-hmm. implies that the people watching only watch ITV. Well, I imagine that's what they assume. Hang on. Where is my cat? What is going on? My cat is somewhere meowing extraordinarily. I think she might have climbed out the window and onto the roof. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. um, it says, uh, well, while sitting on the sofa, make sure that your feet are hip width apart and that your toes, knees and hips are all facing forward. I'd love the idea of trying to sit on the sofa without that being the case. Um, hip width. Hip width. Zip up. Don't forget to zip up. And then slowly stand up, taking your weight through the heels of your feet and keeping your shoulders back and down. Keep your pelvic floor, whatever that is, and tummy muscles nice and tight. Once you know what your pelvic floor is held? It's like when, you, when, you, when you're holding in a wee. Once you're standing with knees slightly bent, slowly lower yourself back down onto the chair with your bum and push outwards. The, push to the sorry push out towards the back of the seat sit down and repeat <laughs> what it's saying to do is during the adverts stand up and then sit down again it sounds funny but actually if you if you ignore the sofa they're telling people to do body weight squats which is yeah. a perfectly it's a perfectly legitimate exercise but it just sounds funny <laughs> it's just it's just so patronizing hmm Try these while waiting for the kettle to boil. These are called sink stretches. Are they? Okay. <laughs> and it's basically, yeah, you, you, you're squatting. Yeah. Um, squats, 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 squats are good. Chair leg extensions. I think that's crossing your legs. Okay. Um, yeah, these are the kind of exercises they suggest. But then again, aren't you, con- aren't you contradicting yourself, John? How so? Oh, oh will fuck. you turn your telephone off? By making fun of this... 
aren't you um aren't you contradicting yourself because a moment ago you said it's, it's it's unfair to ask fat people to do strenuous exercise and now you're making fun of them for asking them to do exercises that aren't sufficiently strenuous no you're I'm a hypocrite and jesus will punish you patronizing exercises such as stand up during the adverts to coronation street but you just said that it's unfair to ask fat people to do anything else no i didn't you said that what would you ask the fat, horrible, lazy, slothful, ITV-watching whore to do? Hmm? I would suggest that they uh, go on a rowing machine. Because that's sitting down exercise. They're the best kind. On a rowing machine? Yeah. And stretch the baby right out of their womb. <laughs> Whatever pops out? That's what I'm saying. Pop the baby out, problem solved. Hmm... Do you think that that would work? <laughs> I have no idea. I want they to would certainly tell you they would what... certainly lose weight. Here's the breakfast you're supposed to have: porridge, not instant, with a chopped banana. Hmm. Sugar-free cereals such as shredded wheat. <laughs> um. Right. And you have to have it with skimmed or semi-skimmed milk, and add some chopped or dried fruit to give some natural sweetness, <laughs> as opposed to the unnatural sweetness of a spoon of sugar. Yes. <laughs> that, that unnatural, chemically produced sugar stuff. Of course. Yes. Low fat spread or low sugar jam on granary toast. <sighs> Fresh fruit salad with low fat yogurt. Yeah. Cereal bar made from whole grains. <sighs> or a poached egg on multigrain or whole grain toast. Those are oh your best options. They're allowing them to have the egg yolk. Well, it does. There's a little asterisk, of course. NHS Choices recommends that you should only eat eggs that are cooked until both the white and the yolk are solid. Okay, but you're, they're still allowing you to eat egg yolks, so that's something. Those, that dangerous cholesterol-filled egg yolk. If you feel too sick to eat first thing in the morning, or you're really pushed for time, try making a packed breakfast the night before to take to work, or choose a whole grain-based cereal bar without any sugar. If you feel too sick to eat, try mm. eating. That's a bit like the chap who told you to have a sandwich because That's of right. gastritis. That's right. Oh, here's another little fact which you might find interesting. The urban legend which most doctors believe, you know, oh, cholesterol's dangerous, therefore uh, a, an egg yolk contains cholesterol. Don't eat too many eggs because you get too much cholesterol. We've all heard that, yes? Yes. Um, that doesn't work. Do you know why? Even under that paradigm, it doesn't work because... Your body, your liver, produces most of the cholesterol that it thinks your body wants endogenously. So let us pres presume to pick an arbitrary number that it produces 100 units a day. Let's assume that egg yolk contains 5 units, you eat it. All that happens is your liver will down-regulate the production of cholesterol by 5 units and, and take in the egg yolk's cholesterol. Do you see what I mean? So it's right. irrelevant. There you go. Carry on with this. I think you'll be impressed by section 8. Mm -hmm. Not only because it's got a picture of a booby. Ooh. Unfortunately, some stupid baby's head in the way of the nipple. <sighs> stupid baby. If you, uh, since since you are a uh, plebeian ITV watching fat slob, it's very unlikely that you will breastfeed your baby. However, in the very unlikely event that you managed to avoid the pressures not to, here's how to do it. Is that what it's saying? It's actually really good. Your breast milk is the only food that is perfect for your baby, giving him or her absolutely everything he or she needs for the first six months. Breastfeeding uh, also has lots of benefits for you. There I'm are very, there are very few women who cannot breastfeed. I'm offended. It says him or her, he or she. What if it's intersex? That's true. 
There are very few women who cannot breastfeed, but the early days can be tough. After all, they this are. is a new skill that both you and your baby need to learn. Ask your midwife for help and look for breastfeeding cafes and postnatal support groups in your area. No, seriously, don't ask your midwife for yeah, help. Yeah, don't ask your midwife, but do look for breastfeeding cafes yeah, and postnatal support groups. If you ask your midwife for help, that's it, you're screwed. Don't ask your midwife for help. Um, I know, I do, I'm friends with some midwives who would be very good at this, but I've heard some horror stories about other midwives. Yeah. It has to be a midwife that actually cares about the sort of thing. Most midwives see it as a numbers game. They want you off their ward. They don't want to bother, and they certainly don't want to... Um, be a teacher to you sorry they're there to make sure the baby comes out and you don't die after that don't think they're your friends they're not once you get used to it and have a routine it's very easy and convenient you don't have the hassle of preparing bottles and you always have enough milk when you're out and about with your baby so they're actually selling it really well i think and that then- is a good selling i mean selling it like that is a very good way to sell it and i use an example a couple of years ago while when there was the snow if you remember the Eurostar trains got caught in the tunnel for several hours mm-hmm. and some women were panicking because they'd run out of formula to feed their babies and of course you say well if you're breastfeeding you don't you just sit there and feed your baby Yes. And, and that's, that's what I said. I, I, I agree. I think it needs to be sold as it's, conven- it's, a, it's a very convenient thing. For two weeks, uh, it'll be an annoying thing to get used to uh, and to learn how to do. And you just have to get through it. Uh, and that seems to be what I've seen with most people. They then go on to talk about how breastfeeding helps you manage your weight. Indeed. And also, well, they said there's growing evidence that breastfeeding can help prevent your baby from becoming overweight in childhood as an, or, and as an adult. Very substantial. Um, and it's to do with a number of factors. But here's the most interesting factor. Um, you know that we are more bacteria than human, don't you? We have more bacteria cells in our body than human cells. You knew that already. I did you? not know that. I'm suspicious of that fact. Well, it's true. Look it up if you wish while I'm talking. Um, so our gut biome is massively important because it controls exactly how and what we digest throughout our life. It's, it, it regulates our uh, energy partitioning, all sorts of things. So our gut biome is hugely important. Here's the interesting thing. A it child... It is interesting. A child who is given just one or two bottles of formula as a baby before six months, even though he is generally breastfed, you will be able to tell when they are 45 years old by looking at their gut biome, whether they were breastfed exclusively or not. Wow. Mm. So it's almost like the Lord Jesus or, or, or the Lord Darwin created this perfect food for an infant uh, as part of making the mammal. They should, you know what, they, in fact, it's so important, they should name our whole family after the fact that we produce milk Mam- from the mammary gland. No, that will, it's too, it's wishful thinking. And it's too naughty as well, because, you know, you don't want to boobies. think about boobies every time you think about a, a, a Fermi marmoset. According to Scientific American, all the bacteria living inside you would fill a half-gallon jug. There are ten times more bacterial cells in your body than human cells. Thank you. I'd like you to apologise to me and bow down to me as your new god. <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. That's according to Carolyn Bohack. A, mm-hmm. mac- bac- a microbiologist at the University of Idaho. What do microbiologists know about anything? My mum's a microbiologist. I wouldn't trust her. No, no, certainly not. She's a dreadful, she... dreadful liar. Is she really a microbiologist? She, my mum is genuinely a microbiologist. She's not genuinely a, a liar. I um, thought she was a teacher. She, uh, her degree is microbiology. She went on to teach biology. 
what she found that more lucrative than being a microbiologist. Probably did, actually. I bet you that's... Well, bear in mind, she studied microbiology in the 70s when, you know, microbiology was essentially, it was things the size of wagon wheels. (laughs) Yes. That was micro back then. Yeah, so look look at the big furry monster coming, climbing out of the Petri dish and bite you on the finger. (laughs) So that was was her version of microbiology. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? And here's so, in the fact, next... you're, so, so your mother should be cleverer than your father, then? I don't think... It depends on how some ways, clever. My in mom, some ways. My mom's... Like, Laura is cleverer than you in many ways. But, yeah, but similarly, my mum is much faster than my dad, so she's much more intellectually agile. My dad is far more knowledgeable than my mum. Yeah, but also, you know, your dad and your dad's much, much, much better with technology. Well, yes, he's, he's capable of technology at all compared to my mum. But, who finds remote controls a, a, a bewildering challenge. But that's the funny thing. I mean, you look at, di- at different layers of intelligence. And I mean, in, in some ways, Laura is obviously profoundly more intelligent than you. And in other ways, she's as thick as two short planks. Very much it so. Just like, depends. She doesn't even know who David Icke is. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. How long should I breastfeed my baby? Oh, about 10 minutes a time. <laughs> I did that little joke there. Every yes. day that you breastfeed your baby is healthy for both of you. Doctors recommend that you breastfeed your baby exclusively and no other babies with <laughs> no other food or drink for around the first six months. six months. After that, you can carry on breastfeeding as well as giving your baby solid food for as long as you like. Many women stop breastfeeding because they need to return to work. But even then, breastfeeding once or twice a day is good for you both. Uh, I'll tell How about you that? How about I'll that, Nick? T- No, I'll tell you one other thing which is very stupid, uh, which you mustn't fall for, Mm -hmm. is this toddler milk nonsense or the follow-on formula nonsense. Because follow-on formula was only invented so that they could advertise formula. That's why it was invented, because you're not allowed to advertise infant formula. So they invented follow-on formula, which allowed them to advertise the brand. So when you watch all these um, formula ads on television holding the suspiciously small-looking six-month-old baby... (laughs) It's to advertise the brand, and they had to advertise something. So in small writing, it'll be the follow-on formula they're notionally advertising. But of course, they're not. They're advertising the whole system. So you, you, you can spend a huge amount of money on dried cow's milk with some added vitamins in it, which was created for an ad campaign. Or you can just give your child food after six months. <laughs> yeah, it's the food it's stuff. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you mustn't. you can't just give them regular food. You have to buy regular food that's been mashed up and put in a jar with a label on and made very 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 bland because children hate flavor strong flavors yeah and sh- and, and added it with sugar and, and yeah. added as well no fat though because children's brains are only made out of fat and they need a lot of it so best not to have too much of it because it's i true. think that children who are too intelligent can be quite troublesome sometimes. dangerous they might so the children who are too intelligent might recognize some of this crap for what it is yeah the um the that that's actually an interesting fact that again children actually love strong flavors and when you get your own one you'll find this out that when you when they try out foods uh, they actually like strong flavors they like eating trying out lemons mm, and all the lemon and all sucking sort of thing. trick the reason the reason that we think they don't is that we give them lots of bland food force that down they gull it for two or three years and then of course by that stage in anything else is a shock but early on, if you give, if you get them a customised to stronger flavours, they love them. I mean, Judith, for example, likes all sorts of weird things because she just grabbed onto them when she, when she started eating and ate them. Her well, first, 
I think she was weaned on a pickled cucumber. <laughs> well, you know how much I hate to give you compliments because you don't deserve them. But yes, um, I, well, I have noticed that the, with Judith, where she just eats anything you give her, yeah, and she doesn't complain about it; she just eats it because you know it's food. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've because I've observed how you and Victoria have have uh, have done this, and you encourage her, you tell her everything's going to be yummy. You do this. I've seen, I watch other parents informing their child. Oh no, you won't like that. I've heard those words being said, and it's it's frightening. And you realise that how much is uh, transferred, transposed onto the child Very by the adult. So. And 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 as a uh, really annoyingly a relative. D- the one thing that happened to Judith where where the one uh, picky thing that she has is because of a relative who did just that. Um, she was giving her child some food and she said, oh, no, you won't like that. It's far too spicy. Right. It's too spicy. It's too spicy. And then Judith said, oh, spicy, spicy. And said, yes, that's too spicy. Since then, you give her something like this. Oh, it's spicy, it's spicy, it's spicy. She, she was quite happy eating that sort of thing before. Right. Now she's been told that spicy is bad rather than fun. Yep. And that can happen with one exposure. It's amazing. And, I, and it's so clear to us because, because, because we never do that. Seeing it happen once was a very interesting case study. Because you said, imagine you did this sort of thing with every little bit of food every day. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you've got to be very careful with that. I, 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 we were driving to the airport the other day, and my a friend of my brother's, said, she said, um, so, Judith, did you, did you like, uh, when, you, when you went on your last flight, you went on an aeroplane, did you like the aeroplane, or was it scary? Oh, wow. And I kind of shouted, please don't say something like that. And I was told I was overreacting. But you're right, that... That sort of thing has an imp- you impress notions on uh, for children on 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 events and and experiences which they have no association of, and then bang, the associations made like like creating an uh, an ionic bond, and right. very difficult very difficult to break. I think so. we should finish with the end of this brochure, mm-hmm. which is the weekly goal grid, and this is where it reaches its patronising zenith. Apotheosis of pleb tickling. Yes. So this is your weekly goal grid where you have the what, the which days, the starting from and the my weekly reward column. And also you put what could stop me and what will help me achieve this goal. OK, yeah. so mm-hmm. I will I will eat one of the healthy breakfast options from this guide is one of the goals. So, you know, switch out all that awful fatty food and, and eat mm. a good old banana on uh, a loaf of bread. Fa- <laughs> with some low fat yogurt. Yes, with the lowest fat yogurt you can find. Um, yes. So you tick the days and you say what day you're starting from, and then these are the rewards you can choose from. Okay. Mm-hmm. A big bubble bath. <laughs> Make sure you don't give yourself one unless you've been good. I know, because the treat of, of, of washing. <laughs> my my favourite magazine. Great. Trip to the cinema, which is quite a scale up. We've gone from you know one pound fifty for women's ghastly, all the way up to twelve quid to go to the cinema. Yes, um, and then my abs. Then the fourth one, and this is all the only four they could come up with. And this is my absolute favourite. Rent that DVD I want to see. Rent that DVD I want, to, I see. want to see. It could have been worse. I could have said rent that videotape I want. To see. <laughs> When's the last time anyone rented a DVD? 
Go to... This was printed to, in 2013. It's not like it's ancient. Go to Blockbuster Video. That's right. And pick up that DVD I wanted to see. <laughs> it's so patronising, this idea that that women are, are just awaiting these little these little treats on the end of their sticks. They're chasing after the, the carroty treat of, a, of having a bath or reading a magazine. <laughs> a ladies' magazine, mind you. I think that this is other. Laura suggested filling in, eat a cream cake. No. Under no. other. <laughs> that would be a no. good one. No, you can't do that. Although, I mean, what I would say is every day have half a pot of the thickest cream you can find with some berries. And that's not a treat. That should just be fine. But I would then be burnt as a witch. You are a witch. I know. I'm a big witch. <laughs> right, that's enough. Have we had enough now? As you, as, did you kill your? Did you kill your cat? I have no idea what's happened to her. She was screaming from somewhere. She's been, she goes. She actually gets up on that roof all the time. But I, don't, I think she may have confused herself by going out the window to get onto it. God, cats are clever. She's not. She's not that clever. No. Okay. Well, I'll say goodbye to everybody now. You can email us podcast at rumdoings.com or you can send us a tweet if you've been affected by any of the dietary advice on this episode. And yeah, we have lots of questions waiting. We will do a a questions episode where we'll go through them so they're not forgotten. Hooray! Because I need to know what Nick thinks of Patreon, for instance. Don't tell me now! I won't. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.